Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. The Elementary Teachers Federation of Ontario has launched a legal challenge against the Ontario government's decision to repeal the sex ed curriculum. Uh, of course, we know that the Civil Liberties Association filed uh, court action some weeks ago, and we talked with them about that. Now the ETFO is joining the fight. Uh, joining us to talk about this is Sam Hammond, who is the president of the ETFO, as he uh, joins us on the Bill Keller Show. Sam, thank you very much for the time. Great to have you with us again. Yeah, my pleasure, and thanks uh, for having me on, Bill. Give me a, a little uh, sense of, of what I, I saw the announcement yesterday, obviously, when, when you guys announced the, uh, the court action here. Uh, talk to us about, uh, about what's going on and, and exactly what you're looking for here. Well, we've uh, the uh, we've asked for a uh, ju- judicial review of the minister's uh, directive to repeal the 2015 health curriculum, uh, and the snitch line that the government has put up. We're asking for those uh, for the curriculum to be kept in place and that the snitch line be uh, uh, taken down. Uh, we think it's extremely important because of the chaos and uncertainty that's been created. Uh, through the process, and there are are several violations or conflicts between teachers' professional obligations uh, with the Education Act, standards of practice, and the Canadian Charter of Rights uh, and Freedoms. You also articulated yesterday, and I'd like you, if you could, uh, to our, for, explain it again for our listeners, Sam, uh, about about safety issues and, 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 and what's not being taught, and, and basically, I guess, the ramifications of what's not being taught. Yeah, well, the uh, the revised curriculum that the government has put in place um, does. It, it's actually a 2010 revised version, but the content in the healthy living section is uh, dates back to 1998, uh, and the uh, curriculum that the government is saying teachers uh, will start using uh, as of yesterday does not include uh, consent. Uh, issues around consent, education pieces around consent. It doesn't include uh, cyberbullying per se. It does not include uh, LGBTQ relationships or, if you will, same-sex marriages. It doesn't talk about gender uh, identities and other human development issues. And we think that for students uh, living in, uh, growing up in uh, today's society, 2018 and the realities that they face, that those are extremely uh, important uh, concepts uh, and information for them to have, particularly the consent piece, particularly uh, the cyberbullying piece. And there's no doubt that with, without those pieces and that education that we feel strongly that their safety and their well-being is in jeopardy. And, and not to mention the fact that we there should be an inclusive education uh, component throughout the province. One of the frustrations I felt with this debate uh, through the election campaign and, and subsequently, of course, the government's decision here, Sam, is context. And, and uh, for them to just you know pick this thing up and arbitrarily toss it out and say, we're not going to do this anymore, seems to be based a lot more on ideology than on pragmatism. But the, but the, the reason this was developed and the reason that that program uh, was put in place, as I recall, because I did a number of shows about it with you and, and other people in the education field, was to address some of the problems you've just talked about, about cyberbullying, about uh, about teen suicide, uh, about a number of different issues. And, and, and that's why the curriculum was changed to try to reflect that, uh, to teach students uh, about exactly what's going on. Because through education, I guess, is really the best way to try to inform people and, and, and try to solve some of those problems. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree with with you more. That's exactly why it was put in place. And if you go back to the other curriculum, the consultations for that actually started in 2007. 
to develop the 2010 revised document. And then thereafter, uh, additional consultations, uh, extensive consulta- consultations for the curriculum that's uh, in place now. Uh, and that's one of the reasons, Bill, as you've uh, articulated, that we are, are taking this challenge uh, to the courts because we think those that information and the safety of students are vital here. Well, and, and you just touched on another one of the points that, that I think has caused a great deal of frustration, because uh, you just w- used the word about three times there, and that's consultation. Uh, the government's contention and, and the supporters of this move by the government, Sam, of course, is saying, well, there was no consultation. You were part of that. Uh, many of us were part of that uh, when that consultation was taking place, and it's, 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 it's ludicrous that they would simply suggest that none of that happened. Uh, I absolutely agree with you again. Um, that consultation was very extensive. There were some 4,000 parents involved in that. Uh, there were over 30 health uh, organizations involved in it. For example, the Ontario Health and Physical Education uh, Association, OFIA, was involved in that. Uh, medical profession was involved in that. Researchers, fact-based uh, indiv- individuals who, who could bring fact-based information to the table, uh, and all of the teacher affiliates and teachers were uh, very much involved in that process. So to suggest that there wasn't any consultation and that parents weren't consulted is just wrong. Well, and, and I mean, hey, I hear this all the time in, in my line of work, and I'm sure you do in your time in the classroom too, Sam. Is it, uh, you know, just because they didn't in, in include something somebody wanted doesn't mean they weren't heard. It just means it was deemed not to be necessary or they didn't want to put it in there. Uh, there are always going to be people that are going to be disgruntled with this. And, and, I, and I think that's part of the problem that we have here is uh, you've, you've had people resisting the sex ed curriculum from day one. They just didn't want anything talking about sex education or about lifestyles at all. Uh, in the classroom, and and it's it's been an uphill battle to try to get that much done, really. Uh, it, it it has been, and I think what's key to for us is that. Uh uh, you know, leading up to this uh, with the implementation of the curriculum. And, and yes, for some parents, the, the issue of uh, same-sex marriage, uh, gender identities uh, is a difficult conversation. But there, there is in place, and there would continue to be in place, a process whereby teachers would inform parents that those items uh, might be ta- being taught on a particular day, and they had the right to withdraw their students. So that was in place. But uh, it's ext- extremely important that when we're talking about diversity and, and inclusivity in education that we're ensuring that students are prepared for today's realities. Some of the uh, opponents of, of the curriculum that got tossed out, Sam, uh, of course, are accusing your members of trying to indoctrinate kids. How do you respond to that? Yeah, that, that's uh, absolute nonsense, quite frankly, I'll say uh, straight up, or that uh, we are sexualizing students or that we are educating students to be gay or lesbian. Um, that is just so far from the truth. Uh, it, 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 it's un, uh, unbelievable. Um, you know, in, in terms of people talking about we're also that uh, teachers were talking about uh, teaching masturbation and a number of other items, that's just completely wrong in terms of what's in this curriculum. Uh, talk about the snitch line. Uh, and, and again, this is something that I think opened an awful lot of people's eyes. Uh, it was one thing to toss the curriculum out and say that they had some problems with it, but but to actually initiate a line like this uh, where people can call anonymously. I, I know I've talked to some of your members here uh, who don't want to go on the record because they're concerned about uh, some of, some of the, the ramifications of this, but it's got to be a concern, I would think. 
Oh, it, it absolutely is for our members uh, across this province. And the, and the member that you talked about uh, is a very good example in terms of not wanting to say anything. There's so much uncertainty uh, around what teachers can or cannot say based on the curriculum, but more so now based on that snitch line. Uh, and I used an example of, you know, if, if, a, t- if a teacher is teaching about uh, different families uh, and is talking about a, a male-female traditional uh, family structure and someone in the class says, you know, I have two moms, uh, what does that teacher then do? Uh, and what we've said to them is to use their professional judgment to, in fact, talk about same-sex marriages for the benefit of that student and everyone uh, in the room. But it, you're absolutely right. It has put a chill uh, on the teach on teachers uh, in terms of the intimidation that uh, was behind that snitch line. But if they do that, Sam, and they and they do use their best judgment. Do they do that at their own peril? Because the premier himself has said that if teachers talk about this stuff, they there there will be serious consequences. Yeah, well, the the only body in Ontario that can actually discipline teachers uh, under regulation in the Education Act is the Ontario College of Teachers. Uh, the Ontario College of Teachers, for example, does not accept anonymous complaints. So uh, if, if, if Doug Ford is going to step up and discipline a teacher or teachers based on a snitch line, that's a whole uh, other problem that, uh, and why we've asked for it to be taken down. But I want to be clear, Bill, that there are currently uh, very clear processes and systems from the school level uh, through school administrators, through uh, school board to the College of Teachers or directly to the College of Teachers to complain about uh, teachers uh, that are fully accessible to parents and any member of the public. Well, and, and that's why we try to get some clarification, even from the Hamilton Board of Education. We talked to the chairman of the board, Todd White, about that last week, and I, I got the impression from what Todd was saying that, look, at the, the, the board's not going to do anything about this. I mean, as he mentioned, there's a protocol in place, and if somebody has a problem with anything that goes on in the classroom, uh, this is not a new protocol. It's been there for quite some time, hasn't it? Yeah, and, it, and it's very effective, uh, I might add. <laughs> So uh, so that's there, but but now there's this yeah. cloud going over, and it's this uncertainty. And, and, and again, I know that we were talking in the hypothetical, but the hypothetical is soon going to become the reality, Sam, because you know some of these things that were included in that curriculum are going to come up in conversation in the classroom. They're not going to happen this week necessarily, but as this thing rolls out, uh, students are going to ask questions. And you know, it, it, you, I think the government's placing teachers in a situation like that where they say, well, I'm not allowed to talk about that, uh, which sounds an awful lot like censorship to me. Uh, it, it is censorship, sorry, uh, and it and it's extremely troubling uh, when teachers uh, using their professional development. Uh, when you look at just the human rights, the Ontario Human Rights Code and the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, to say to or to put that cloud over a teacher as a professional to say you will not talk about consent or you should not be talking about gender identities because it's not a piece of this document is appalling. And I think what people need to understand is with any curriculum, whether it's uh, uh, this curriculum or the financial literacy curriculum, social studies curriculum, uh, literacy curriculum, teachers use their professional judgment every single day in terms of what should be uh, taught and what they will expand on based on teachable moments, for example. Uh, there was a study came out yesterday. I know you've seen it. Uh, the Ipsos poll uh, uh, talked about this uh, sex education curriculum. I, mean, I believe that the sample size was about five thousand adults. So I mean, it's it's rather large. 
Uh, and they said it was about a 50-50 split about, you know, whether or not they should have tossed it out and brought the new one back. But when they started asking those same people about specifics of the of the the revised curriculum that the, the Ford government's tossed out, 85% approval on, on a clause-by-clause. Clause. In other words, maybe for the, some of these people heard that for the first time. Because uh, there's an awful lot of rhetoric and bombast that's out there right now, and it's really muddying the waters, I would think. Yeah, the the biggest problem is the misinformation uh, that's out there, and and in fact, uh, purposeful misleading uh, of of people in terms of what the content is, what teachers were actually teaching, uh, and what's what's what the issue actually is here. Uh, so as a result, obviously, people are forming that opinion based on some of that misinformation, uh, which may have, uh, I would think, factored into the 50-50 split. But uh, as you started to talk about certain elements of this, and those were elements that were discussed in the classroom, uh, obviously, that uh, I think the only part that really gained and, uh, 65% as opposed to 85% uh, had to deal with things like masturbation. And that's a word, I guess, that just, I guess, bothers some people. But uh, and again, that's such a, a minute little part of the curriculum. You'd wonder why it was even such an issue. But I suppose people that want to tear something down will grasp at something like that and use that as their foundation. Yeah, and absolutely. And and two things uh, I, th- I think I think that survey and and I must I may have uh, misread Bill, so I apologize if I did. But I understood that the the survey base was five hundred uh, people, which is you know in terms of statistically, it's not uh, not really uh, valid in in terms of in terms of the numbers. But you're also very right that it is. Uh, you know, I would suggest social conservatives who are uh, pushing uh, this agenda and who have highlighted specific things uh, that we've talked about uh, and pushed it out there in the public uh, and that misinformation that has caused to, uh, you know, some people thinking uh, this is the right thing to do. You're uh, not alone in this battle, as you know, Sam. We mentioned off the top, of course, that the Civil Liberties Association is also uh, going to court about this, too. Uh, are you optimistic that you're going to get a, a positive result, that, uh, that the courts are going to hear this in a, an expeditious manner? Yeah, we've asked for it to be heard uh, in an expeditious manner, and we hope that uh, we'll be before a panel of judges, uh, you know, prim- p- preliminary stages before uh, the end of, of the month. And we're trying to work with the Canadian Civil Liberties Association on uh, their challenge as well, and I'll be meeting with them uh, shortly to try and coordinate that. From a stand, uh, timing standpoint, though, as, as my understanding, though, Sam, is is the curriculum such as it is doesn't really roll out for some time now. It's not as if this is going to be taught first week in school. Yeah, I, and that's another misconception. Uh, what most teachers will do, what I did as a teacher, and I know uh, vast majority of my colleagues do, is uh, they need time uh, with a new class, for example, a grade three, four, or five class. They need time, uh, a couple of months, uh, for those students to settle in, for them to get an idea uh, of where each of those students are, uh, for each of them what would be an age-appropriate approach in terms of a number of different subjects. So for most teachers, you wouldn't see this uh, even uh, start to to roll out till, um, uh, honestly, for me, I would wait until January, February of uh, of the new year, I, w- I would talk about other items that are, you know, are not as sensitive. But uh, most teachers will ensure that they're aware of their students, their levels, their understandings, and their needs before they go ahead with that. Sam, we'll stay in touch as this rolls out over the next little while. I really do appreciate the time today, though. Thanks so much for this. No, thank you for the time.
Take care. Sam Hammond, of course, the uh, president of the uh, Elementary Teachers Federation of Ontario. Uh, very like-minded uh, to, to the civil liberties uh, uh, court action that's going on here, too. And it's not uh, to be characterized as, well, this is what we want to teach, and this is what the government's telling us to teach. Uh, there are serious concerns about the, the health and welfare of students uh, because of misinformation that's out there, which is why they revised the curriculum in the first place. And there's a very strong case, which I'm sure is going to come up in the courts, about whether or not uh, the Ford move here to, to replace this curriculum uh, is a violation of the Human Rights Code in this province. So that's for the lawyers and the judges, I would imagine, to decide. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.